TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to Nothing Impossible on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Welcome into our weekly conversation about St. Louis innovation. Michael Calhoun from KMOX. And Travis Sheridan from the Venture Cafe Global Institute. And some big news uh, that came down, Travis, while you were out of town last week. HQ2. We got it? No. Oh. No. I thought you would have heard by now. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I did hear. I oh. did hear. So we had a good conversation last <laughs> week uh, going over the bid uh, with Sheila Sweeney of the Economic Development Partnership. But there's been reaction also uh, in the last week, kind of a what do we do from here? This is not really where do we go now. I mean, I think the what I love about the the momentum is how do we use this going forward, right? Yeah. So it's not wallowing in, oh, what was me? We didn't get it. It's, all right, fine, hit on the chin, let's go forward. Let's not get off track. We're already on the right, we're in the right lane. We're head, headed in the right direction. Yeah. Don't get distracted by this. That's kind of what Emily Losa Bush, the executive director of Arch Grants, uh, said this week. Uh, she said that it's a, a chance to refocus on the small companies in St. Louis that have a lot of promise. This is hopefully the ecosystem that's building the the future of, the St. Louis economy, the regional, our regional economy. Yeah, Emily Losa Bush from Arch Grants uh, took a look at that Amazon bid, which tried to portray St. Louisans as scrappy and determined, and Emily said she believes that We, as a community, also have the ability to take that same enthusiasm and that same level of support to try to build the next Amazon or the next Apple or the next big thing from the ground up here in St. Louis. And so she says, uh, you know, when asked, what do we focus on from here, Travis? Not only uh, attracting these startups to town, but remembering we're bringing the talent with these startups when we attract them to St. Louis. And also, she says, making sure that uh, that these companies have investment opportunities. So once they move to St. Louis, if they grow exponentially, they don't have to leave. Yeah. And they the talent piece is really critical. right? I mean, that was Amazon called out talent as one of their big needs. Yeah, that's what that they, they told Detroit. You didn't get the get on the list because you don't have the talent. Yeah, and Arch Grants, you know, to their credit, they are a talent engine, right? They are attracting people, retaining people, talented people. While their startups may or may not succeed, the talent remains. And also I asked Emily uh, from Arch Grants, does this mean we should focus on these small startups at the expense of going after these big companies that are looking for a new headquarters and that might be looked at as sort of a silver bullet? Well, if we just get Amazon, it'll fix everything. Yeah, yeah, but I, mean, I think the she reality- said, "Don't don't do one or the other. It's both, Continue right? looking at both." Yeah, it has to be both. And I, I would say the better we are with these small businesses, the better we are at cultivating and growing and harvesting our small businesses. That will start perking the ears and eyes up of these large companies. Right? Sure. They, they will want to, they will see that we have an ecosystem that can support it. Well, for instance, coming up on the show today, we're going to talk first off about the Purina Pet Care Innovation Prize, which is bringing some talent and startups, 
bringing them greater awareness of St. Louis and what the opportunities might be here, some pet care-related startups. And that's a big company, Purina, that's based in St. Louis that's having a positive impact. And also the pet care industry here. We've had some companies, for instance, uh, the high-end pet food company Solid Gold just moved their headquarters here from elsewhere. Uh, so that's a good example of of attracting a headquarters in. But then also, uh, you know, when you take a look at uh, the other interview we're going to have today with Don Rubin of BioSTL, attracting these ground floor startups and building some connections between St. Louis and the most recent trip that they've been on. We're going to talk with uh, Don from Tel Aviv in Israel. Right. So it, again, it's that both and, right? Purina is saying we are a strong, established company, uh, yet we want to look at some startups. So they, you know, they are looking for solutions, not silver bullet solutions, but a lot of shots on goal. And then Don is uh, traveling the world, looking, telling the St. Louis story, but also finding uh, startups that can align with some of the needs in the region. And you have to remember that some of our biggest companies, the, the most admired companies here, like Express Scripts, Anheuser-Busch, Enterprise, so many of these companies began as a small business. They were startups. And they grew to, you know, Express Scripts, this gigantic behemoth in the healthcare industry. Right. So let's so. grow our own. So we'll see what's next. That's what we try to identify here. And we'll talk about pet care innovation and global STL coming up on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on KMOX. All right, welcome back. Michael and Travis with you on this edition of Nothing Impossible. And the pet care industry is a nearly $70 billion industry, Travis. Is that how much you spend on Lucy? Uh, I don't know if I cracked the billion-dollar mark. How much would... I'm not going to ask you how much you would spend. I have two cats. I I don't know how many times I go to PetSmart and just buy things for the sake of buying them because yeah. uh, I love my cats. Let's bring in Dan Roos from Purina to talk about the Pet Care Innovation Prize and also Carrie Goodman from one of the startups that's a part of this program, Animal Biome. Thank you both for coming in. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. So, Dan, why don't you kick it off? Uh, this is not a new thing for uh, for Purina. Give us a little bit of history and what's going on today. Yeah, so actually I don't work for Purina. I work in the innovation community with a lot of the startups and a lot of the people doing things uh, in this space. And uh, Purina started uh, exploring this a couple of years ago. Innovation is really important to any company, especially in the pet space, um, as you've heard. It's a huge industry. It's a really unique industry, really special to St. Louis. They were looking for ways to engage in what are the next ideas. And, uh, you know, the company, if you go take the tour, you've learned any of the history, they've got a lot of really great stories from their past. But how do you bring in those fresh ideas? And for a lot of companies, you need to work with startups. And they started the process of looking at that. And we've been doing this for two years now. And so looking at, I mean, Purina has full of probably hundreds or thousands of smart people doing smart things on a regular basis. Uh, why look outside? And what's been that, what's that process been like looking at startups? Yeah. So for any big company, the challenge is you get to be a big company because you find what works for you and then you repeat it and keep getting rid of the errors and the outliers that make things that are that uh, that are, are basically waste to you. But that over time, when the, the marketplace changes, that means that you've lose touch because you, you've you've been really focused on repeating what works well. Um, a startup has the luxury of they don't have that. Um, so in, in the technology world, they call that technical debt. You know, So everything that you've bought and everything you've done before becomes an anchor that makes you look at problems a certain way. A startup, they've got no technical debt, but they've got a lot of agility and a lot of ambition. And they get to look at kind of where are all the gaps that they can explore that a big company can't. Um, so uh, because uh, we've been doing this for a little while, you know, in a lot of different areas, St. Louis is huge. For a lot of different startup communities, we started to apply that same methodology to the startup community, to the uh, pet industry, 
we went out to pet shows and started talking to people and glad handing. And over the last two years, we've had uh, over 170 companies from all over the world. I think 15 countries represented that have entered the hmm. competition. And uh, we've got five here this week. And Kari Goodman, uh, your company is one of those, right? That's right. Yeah. So tell us about Animal Biome. So Animal Biome is a microbiome company. Are you familiar with what microbiome is? Uh, I'm going to pretend that I'm not, okay. but I'm really not. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so our microbiome are all of the collection of microbes that live on and in us. And um, lots of research recently, lots of work in this area is leading us to understand that they play, play really important roles in our health. So this is true for humans. We know that you have to have the good component, good microbes in your gut in order to be able to digest food and be healthy. This is true for your mammal pets also. So cats and dogs um, suffer from some of the same conditions that we do with chronic um, upset tummies, um, diarrhea, vomiting, IBD. They have all these same things. So our company is founded in the idea that a healthy pet um, is due to a healthy gut. Huh. Wow. How did sense. you How did you come into uh, knowing about the Pet Care Innovation Prize and what have you learned since coming here to St. Louis? And, and what do you get out of this program, too? Yeah, so we um, we found out about the prize. We were, um, somebody mentioned, you know, this would be a good opportunity for you. Um, take a look at this. Uh, Purina is involved. You know, you, you learn about the pet industry. Um, so, yeah, we submitted an application, and we're just really excited when we got a call that we were being considered. Um, we live in Oakland, California, so we're pretty far from the center of, you know, the pet care industry, we, we don't know a lot of people in the pet care industry. So being involved in the prizes allowed us to um, learn a little bit more about some of the players in the industry, you know, you know some how things are working. Um, it, it, there was some prize money involved, so that's going to help us. Um, it's very critical. You, you could say it. It was $10,000. $10,000. Yeah. 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 So for us at this stage, that's meaningful. Mm -hmm. it's very, you know, it'll allow us to help with marketing and um, grow our manufacturing a bit, which is what we're focusing on now. Well, I, it's really interesting. You're, you know, coming here from Oakland or the company's in Oakland. Uh, your title, I'm looking at your business card, chief data scientist. I imagine there are probably a lot of chief data scientists running around in the in East Bay and Bay Area. A lot of peers that you can interact with. Uh, it is, you know, everybody looks at Silicon Valley as the hub. Uh, but when it comes to special industries like the pet care industry, uh, plant life science that we have here as well. Uh, St. Louis might be better positioned than uh, than maybe the Bay Area. Can you talk a little bit about what you've discovered since you've been in visiting uh, the St. Louis area? Um, so we've discovered a um, really incredible startup scene um, that, you know, just, just uh, I was not aware of that. So we're kind of insulated in our <laughs> own community out there. Um, yeah, and just uh, that, that, that there's a whole ecosystem. You know, there's Purina, but then there's also a lot of other players in that system, you know, small companies, larger companies that are kind of working with, with Purina. And I think it's been kind of gratifying to watch you guys um, this week that, you know, there are companies from both coasts that are part of this cohort. So there's Animal Biome is one of five companies. And mm -hmm. so we've got companies from the, from uh, the West Coast, but also New York, D.C., um, Chicago. And you guys are kind of forming a cohort. So you're like able to support each other and everything that you wouldn't necessarily have that critical mass in your own home city. Um, especially with the connections to, you know, all of the people that you've been able to meet here in town. That's right. We're looking for ways to support each other going forward. And to Travis's point about St. Louis having these these hubs, or, or different industries have different yeah. hubs. And, you know, St. Louis, you mentioned plant science, but also financial industry, mm -hmm. uh, stadium ventures with the sports-specific mm -hmm. uh, sector. And is this an effort to really make St. Louis also a hub for 
pet care related startups. We already know we're a hub for larger companies, but for these startups as well. Well, if you think about it, uh, St. Louis is a hub for the pet care industry, period. When you look at Purina's presence here, but there's a lot of other smaller companies here that are based here in town. We just had one move here. Yeah. Uh, one Competing uh, pet food yeah. company, Solid Gold. Thank you. I, I couldn't remember their name. That wasn't a... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, um, we won't make you say it, Dan. We uh, will say it. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, but there are a lot of those people here in town. So that's a lot of expertise, and that's also a lot of talent. And, you know, if you look at... Um, if you're managing a big organization like that, there has to be an outlet for people's ambition and, and uh, you know, what they really want to do that you can't always do during the daytime. And so it's a great outlet for those kinds of people as well. So they had a hackathon on campus to uh, build apps for making, uh, you know, apps that make it easier to interact with your pet in the community. Oh, um, So there's it, it's really tapping into something that's already here. And then because of Purina's, you know, their, their reach and everything – um, we get to take them. So the five winners go to Orlando to the world's largest pet care sh- uh, trade mm-hmm. show. Um, and they get to be in a booth there and they get to pitch to investors and uh, industry influencers to grow well beyond this. Um, so we're trying to kind of build connectivity to the pet care ecosystem wherever it is, um, build on the strength that we already have here. Um, so, yeah, it's absolutely an opportunity to, to directly address. So I want to ask, Dan, you work a lot with both the corporate side and the startup side as it relates to driving more into innovation. And the question that I always like to ask people is the integration piece, mm-hmm. right? It's one thing for a startup to come up with a new novel product or technology, uh, but it has to fit into this juggernaut, this mm-hmm. large operation. Uh, it's not very easy for an operation like Purina to just turn something off, plug something in. I mean, it, it's very mm-hmm. complex. What's the integration process when you're looking at a startup connecting to a large corporate? So a big part of the value that, um, I, you know, at least personally I hope I offer is that that's really kind of a, a long-term um, dance. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, a corporation has a huge amount of value that they've created over decades or over centuries in some cases. Um, they've got shareholders. They've got a lot of stakeholders. They've got all these employees And you can't just like every time a new idea comes up, oh, we're going to chase that. Oh, we're going to chase that. And so you have to acknowledge that they have risk, that they have a huge assets, that that's their reputation that's at risk. Um, But they also know that they have to be innovative. They, you know, the people that are the leaders of the company, they got there because they were ambitious and innovative themselves. So they don't have an outlet for it. So to know that they need an outlet and that the startup needs a place to play, they need some safe space to play, to, to be exposed to bigger ideas and bigger opportunities. Um, but so that's a series of a lot of conversations that doesn't take, that's not a transaction. That's a series of lots of little conversations that happen over time. For a startup that might decide we're going to go all in on St. Louis. I know Purina's uh, sponsored T-Rex, for instance, downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially for follow on investment, perhaps for these, is that a possibility cultivation capital or some other organization might be able to provide further investment for these startups as well? Well, certainly the, those people like looking at that. Um, we had four women-led companies last year, mm-hmm. so Brazen was really interested in them and had long conversations. But Yield Lab, uh, Stadia Ventures even, you know, one of our companies last year does uh, fitness that, that pets and, and the pet parents do together. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities, but when you have that all of the due diligence and all of the training and, and the, the mentoring and everything that goes into this, this is also it makes it easier for these startups wherever they are to get other investors to take them seriously. So they can really run behind it. Last year's winner raised $900,000 since they won because uh, uh, in a large part because of the, uh, you know, the publicity and the reputation building that happened because of winning the Pet Care Innovation Prize. Hmm. All right, let's hold that thought. Take a quick break. We're going to come back. And Kari, I want to ask you about uh, 
animal biome a little bit more and how it's growing. Stay tuned. More Nothing Impossible is up next as we talk about the Purina Pet Care Innovation Prize on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. All right, welcome back. Michael and Travis with you. We're talking about the Purina Pet Care Innovation Prize with us here in the studio. Dan Roos and also Dr. Kari Goodman of Animal Biome. And Kari, where is, uh, where is Animal Biome in the development process? Do you have product launched? Are you still growing, developing? Um, we have two products launched, and we are still developing. Yeah. <laughs> so our first product is a microbiome assessment kit. So we'll send you a kit, and you can send us a sample of your dog or cat's poop. We take it, and we sequence the DNA, and we tell you the bacteria living in there. And so we compare that to our database of either healthy cats or healthy dogs and can kind of give you a profile of your pet and help you understand Um, what's going on with them a little bit. Wow. And then that might help determine what kind of food to purchase for the dog, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. So we also sell that as um, two assessments, So we and we can do a shift analysis. So if you want to try a new food, you want to try a new probiotic, um, something like that, you can couple it with a before and after and see what's changed. Mm. Um, So, And then our second product is um, a microbiome restoration pill. So Mm -hmm. This is something to introduce healthy microbes into the gut of a sick pet. So kind of kickstarting and, and taking some deficiencies and, and, repla- and uh, getting it healthy again, right? Yes, that's okay. right. Healthy gut. There you go. I got a healthy gut. Healthy pet starts with a healthy gut. <laughs> you said Kickstarter. You should tell them about the Kickstarter Are you campaign. Doing, oh, oh, wow. Oh, yes. Yeah, we've run two Kickstarters to build our healthy pet database. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first was Kitty Biome, and we recruited um, people to send us in samples. We discovered that there are lots and lots of... Um, pet owners in the U.S., cat owners that have uh, cats with chronic digestive conditions. So we've estimated about 10% of cat and cats and dogs living in the U.S. have these conditions. Um, their owners wanted something um, to be able to help them. They tried products on the market. They're often being prescribed antibiotics, steroids. Uh, they're unhappy with the current state of affairs. So from that, um, we took their feedback and developed this microbiome restoration system. Is there a, a, a potential for use of a big data kind of use for this where you can determine trends even in animal health? Um, yeah, the, well, that's right. It, it is uh, sequencing data is in its very nature, big data. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, we are using machine learning to, to look at patterns in, in the data and try and understand um, conditions specific to different um, patterns specific to different conditions. Yeah. Were, were you guys talking um, during it? At the boot camp, I think you were talking about like starting to even see trends between different breeds and things that you can start seeing some things that like it's not just about individual animals. Also, you start to see big picture kinds of things as well, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, there's a lot of variation in these kind of data, um, but yeah, you can say so, especially purebreds. Um, you, you know, you do see microbiome um, sort of effects in that. So, and it's not something that breeders have really paid attention to in the past. Dan, what are some of the other startups? that have this class or maybe the last class, what are some of the most interesting technologies or innovations that you've come across? Yeah, well, we we just actually finished with this class. They ju- We just came over to the studio um, from the pitches, so they were so they're very fresh in my mind. Uh, so we had Pupjoy. They do uh, they do a subscription box. So if you get like toys and treats and things like that, shoes that you need on a regular basis, um, but they do complete customization. So it's not you're going to get whatever you know whatever got dumped in you know in or whatever. Um, and build a whole lot of data for the manufacturers and the other people involved so that everybody understands what pet families really want. So they're cool. 
Um, we also have Fetch. Fetch uh, does a whole app and a, and a, a very uh, kind of like a wearable, but instead of a really expensive wearable that you pay $100 for and leave in the drawer because you keep forgetting to charge it. I'm not saying I've ever done that, but uh, <laughs> um, but they have a very cheap tag that's self-contained. It, it, the battery lasts a year, hmm. and it lets you do track where your dog is and also connect to pet-friendly businesses and, and services around you. Oh. Um, so they're building that and a lot of content and things because those people, especially millennials, well, their pet life is both consuming content and then, but like, here's how this, here's how my dog looks on Instagram doing that and sharing that content and building community. We have Barkley. Uh, Barkley's a walking service, but instead of being like a gig economy um, mm-hmm. kind of thing that you see frequently, they actually, um, they focus very hyper neighborhood. And so that all of their walkers are employees and they get benefits and they, uh, they were, they used a statistic that uh, some of their walkers get up to $50,000 a year in the DC area. And they're trying to grow over the, you know, make that professionalize that and make that um, better. And, uh, and then why, oh, and Baradol, Baradol's uh, here in the Midwest and they use uh, the invasive Asian carp. Um, that's a real problem on the river and the rivers around here. And they actually turn that into food and treats and uh, building a whole product. And actually turns out that Asian carp is healthier uh, in many ways, uh, but because it's a nuisance thing, uh, because it's an invasive species, it's uh, healthier in many ways than uh, uh, than many fish that are farmed or are line caught. Hmm. Um, and they're turning that into products. And then last year we had somebody with a smart bowl that the bowl knows how much you're feeding your dog and reorders food for you. And, uh, People that did exercise programs that you can do with your pets, people doing software to uh, help you run your pet business, and even somebody doing computing, you know, games that you that your dog can play to prevent it from getting bored while you're gone. No Snapcat? No Just Snapcat. <laughs> no Snapcat. No. Did you no. think of that on the uh, way down, Travis? I, I've, been, I've been holding on to that. No, uh, it, but it is amazing to think about all the different um, – solutions that exist. And I think I remember talking um, to, I can't remember who it was, somebody from Purina was telling me that they have this war room of essentially of here are technologies that humans use and like here's the pathway to like animal mm-hmm. use or pet use. Right. And I think that that's because there are, we look at it as, you know, as, as consumers, a lot of things that we consume and use now were originally Department of Defense mm-hmm. technologies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they get down to consumer level, soon down to the pet level. Uh, so it's amazing to see this pathway f- for innovation. Well, and, and in some cases, it's reverse. So mm-hmm. um, if you think of like Baradol, mm-hmm. um, that's a fish that no humans want to eat. And actually, it's a delicacy in some parts of Asia um, because it's a really light, flaky, sweet, flavorful fish. But because it's called carp and because it's seen as invasive, nobody wants to buy it in a store. Mm-hmm. So they... Um, and so it's actually leading into that. But uh, animal biome, a lot of this microbiome stuff is um, there's a lot of research that happens here in St. Louis and that on human health. But that takes decades because of regulatory and how long that takes to do studies to turn that into products. And animal biome is actually able to do it faster. So it kind of works both ways. And a lot of things uh, pet leads and in a lot of ways pet, pet lags. So it's a good way to kind of see what's happening in overall innovation. Well, Dan Roos from uh, leading and participating in the Pet Care Innovation Prize. Thank you for joining us. And uh, Kari Goodman, Dr. Kari Goodman uh, from Animal Biome. Thank you so much. Congratulations on the win. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you both for coming in. Coming up next, we're going to go to Israel and check in on the BioSTL mission that's been there this week. That's up next on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on KMOX. All right, welcome back, Michael and Travis, with you on KMOX. And let's go to Tel Aviv, shall we? Yeah, we're going to talk to Don Rubin, president and CEO of BioSTL, and learn a little bit more about what they're doing internationally through the arm that's Global STL. Don, thanks for joining us. 
Hey, thanks, Travis. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell us about, this is, I mean, this is not the first global trip for BioSTL and the Global STL Initiative, but it's not even the first uh, or even second or third or fourth or fifth trip to Israel, is it? (laughs) That's right. We've had probably 10 trips now just to Israel, and we've been to uh, countries in Asia, in Europe, in South America as well um, in the last, really just in the last year. uh, but uh, Israel still remains a centerpiece of this effort, going back to the beginning when we started it in, in 2014. And so what, what is, uh, give us for, the, for our listeners, uh, frame up what uh, Global STL is trying to accomplish. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Um, you know, the, our, our broader organization, BioSTL, has been working for a decade and a half to build the innovation ecosystem in St. Louis, creating startups and investing in them, capital, entrepreneurs, uh, the physical infrastructure, uh, public policy, all these pieces to grow a, um, an innovation economy in St. Louis. And, and lots of other folks have been working hard at that as well. And St. Louis really has a lot to show off that we've developed in the last uh, decade or so. And uh, we felt about three or four years ago that to really take St. Louis to the next level, we really need to be globally connected. There are amazing innovation uh, engines uh, all over the world, and we would really gain in St. Louis by connecting to them, whether it's bringing technology and uh, startups to St. Louis to, cre- to create jobs and join our ecosystem, or just bringing cutting-edge technology to our St. Louis companies and healthcare systems so that they will have a competitive advantage and that they will succeed and grow and create more jobs in St. Louis as well. And Don, uh, this trip was focused on digital health. You had BJC and WashU among those at your side for this trip. Talk about uh, the, the, the reason for digital health for this time specifically, and also uh, the information exchange, what the St. Louisans taught the Israelis and vice versa. Oh, yeah, sure. So, you know, uh, we're in Israel because Israel is known as a startup nation. They have just a tremendous amount of innovation, and healthcare is one of the areas where they really excel. Uh, they have, through their, through their own healthcare system, uh, really infused it with technology and innovation to help improve patient outcomes, to lower the cost of healthcare delivery. And these are obviously goals of the U.S. healthcare system and our, healthcare, our hospitals and our healthcare uh, providers in St. Louis as well. And so we're here to learn from them, but we're here also to, to explore partnerships with them that can really boost the innovation. Uh, the 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 um, effectiveness of our medical schools, their research, and their and their treatment of patients, and um, uh, I have to say that uh, this trip has exceeded our expectations, and I believe the expectations of our partners at Washington University Medical School and BJC Healthcare as well. Uh, we we met with um, some of the uh, uh, top hospitals. Uh, including uh, Shiva Hospital, which is the largest hospital in the Middle East, and Rambam Hospital uh, in Haifa, uh, which is connected to the Technion University, which is the MIT of Israel. And uh, these hospitals are real innovators, and uh, we've had some very significant uh, discussions about partnering with them in a variety of ways. Um, we've talked and we met with probably three dozen startups um, during the trip, and many more entrepreneurs who we were able to speak to at a meetup that we sponsored, um, and were able to uh, not only learn from them and make connections, but really increase the awareness among these innovators here in Israel 
about what St. Louis offers, about the world-leading medical school that Washington University is, about the uh, significant healthcare uh, uh, integrated system that BJC is, and about our universities, our, our, our startup community, and all of the assets we have in St. Louis, that very often uh, folks overseas know very little about St. Louis. Um, and so uh, it's really been a, very, a two-way, a win-win kind of a trip uh, where we've raised awareness of St. Louis, but also uh, made some real good connections that I believe are going to be um, leveraged in some great successes for St. Louis, including some that will be, I hope, announced very soon in St. Louis. You know, Don, we're just coming off of uh, a regional effort to uh, put a proposal together for the Amazon second headquarters. Uh, again, about t- telling the story and selling the assets of the region for something major. Uh, some might refer to it as a silver bullet solution to try to get an Amazon headquarters in the region. Uh, and then there's pro- programs and efforts like Bio uh, STL and Global STL, which is, are doing very similar things, more at a grassroots, uh, not a proposal, but getting on a plane, visiting other countries, meeting people in other ecosystems. Can you talk about the importance of that sort of effort where uh, you spend time in airports, talking to people on radio shows, meeting with startups and, and hosting uh, happy hours and, and meetups and that type of thing? Why is that grassroots, uh, you know, very labor-intensive effort so pay off in the future? Well, BioSTL's approach from the beginning has been based on an assumption that there is no silver bullet. There is no one thing that is going to uh, propel St. Louis forward in the innovation economy. It takes a whole bunch of things to be in place, including you know good startups and capital and trained people and experienced entrepreneurs um, and lots of other things, incubators and, and great space for them to be in. Um, uh, and we found that one of our greatest um, challenges is just the awareness about the good things happening in St. Louis. So we find that, for the most part, when we meet people who might not know much about St. Louis, when they understand what's going on in St. Louis, their response is usually, I had no idea, and I want to know how to connect, connect to that. Uh, so we find that, on a, I call it a retail basis, one-on-one, um, it's, we've had great success in convincing people that St. Louis is a place they should strongly consider to put their startup, to put their innovation business, to cast their lot with us in St. Louis. So getting out there, telling the story, meeting people, and exposing them to the strengths of St. Louis. And if you could especially can get them on a plane to physically come to St. Louis, it generally it knocks their socks off, and you're 90% of the way there to a win when you can get them to, to visit St. Louis. You know, Don, in our last segment, uh, we had uh, Kari Goodman. She's a chief data scientist for a, a startup called Animal Biome out of Oakland, California, one of the prize winners for the uh, Pet Care Innovation Prize that was put on by Purina. She's somebody you should know. She, she is. Definitely yeah. somebody uh, that should get to know Don. But she was saying, you know, she's here in the, she's from the East Bay, right, the, the quote-unquote startup mecca. Uh, but she said, you know, coming to St. Louis for a prize like this uh, in pet care, this is the place that you want to be if you're developing a pet care innovation and pet care solution. And so I agree with you. A lot of this is about awareness. She had no idea that St. Louis is where she should probably have a presence for her company. And I would imagine the stories that you're telling about St. Louis over in Israel and other parts of the world, those aha moments, uh, they, they've got to be priceless to see the look on people's face when they when they hear about the, the assets that exist in St. Louis. Yeah, that's true. And, and having now uh, successfully recruited five Israeli companies who put their U.S. headquarters in St. Louis, 
and seven more that are now in downtown St. Louis in our accelerators, um, and several others in the pipeline that have been to St. Louis and are entering into clinical trials or, or pilots or partnerships. Uh, we've now converted several people in Israel and in other countries to be our ambassadors, to be our champions, because uh, there's no better salespeople in a place like Israel than the Israelis. So it's one thing for me to get on a plane from St. Louis and come and tell them, St. Louis is wonderful, you should come. And it's, an, it, and it's much more powerful for an Israeli who went through the process of weighing where in the United States they should put their business. And generally, if there's an assumption overseas that if you're going to the United States, your, your choices are New York or California, just a few places on the coast. So nobody even thinks about the Midwest generally. So to have an Israeli who started in the same place as they did, the same mindset, and went through that process of evaluating what city is going to be best for their business, and after that process chose St. Louis, that goes a long way in getting other Israeli entrepreneurs and startups to take notice and to give consideration. So I think over time, the job actually gets easier and easier <laughs> because we have allies, yeah. allies who, who stand shoulder to shoulder with us to tell the story about St. Louis. Don, um, so you've mentioned uh, plant science, agriculture, medicine, healthcare are some of the parallels between St. Louis and Israel. Looks like cybersecurity might also be an emerging one as well. Yeah, well, it's funny you should mention that. We've been working on cybersecurity now um, for um, uh, for almost two years, uh, and that really started because of um, of the strength in Israel. Israel is the world leader in cybersecurity innovation, and uh, we went on a trip um, almost two years ago now with um, with the leaders of um, of the Six Thirty Accelerator, which uh, um, is an, an accelerator, an investor uh, in downtown St. Louis that. Um, that, that, that uh, tries to attract cybersecurity uh, and financial technology companies from anywhere in the world to St. Louis to go through a program and, and for them to help propel their business. And uh, it was actually a trip to Israel uh, that was focused on financial technology. That um, it, it was out of that trip that a 630 cyber accelerator was launched because of that, um, the access that, that St. Louis could have to these wonderful technologies in Israel. And although I'm getting on a plane right now to fly home after a week in Israel focused on healthcare and digital health, my colleague, uh, Vijay Chauhan, uh, who leads our global STL, global STL effort, is staying for one more week. And while our healthcare folks were getting on planes to come back, we have arriving tomorrow in Israel 15 other individuals in the cybersecurity and financial technology areas from MasterCard, from Monsanto, and from other areas, including our partners, 630, in this um, organizing this trip. So um, we don't have outcomes from this trip yet because it's just beginning tomorrow. But uh, you're absolutely right, Michael. Cybersecurity uh, is a um, an area that every single company in St. Louis and around the world cares about these days. Um, so uh, whereas St. Louis has a great competitive strength in agriculture and medical sciences, cybersecurity is an area that every single company considers relevant. Well, Don Rubin, thank you so much for joining us. Don Rubin, president and CEO of BioSTL, about to hop on a plane in <laughs> Israel to come back to St. Louis. Safe travels and uh, audience out there, thank you so much for joining us. Today we talked about pets and innovation there. We're talking about the global focus that's on St. Louis. A lot of stuff happening. Yeah, thank you, Don, so much for taking the time to uh, call us before you hop on your plane. Thank you and shalom from Israel. Thank you so much. Thanks, Don. And we'll be back next week with more Nothing Impossible. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.